You know what you know. And if you're lucky, you know what you don't know. But do you know what affects what you know without you knowing it? Okay, (laughs) that was a mouthful. Lots of no's in there. In other words, do you ever sit back and think about where your knowledge, decisions, and understanding are coming from? And if all that information is accurate? We all have internal biases and are prone to errors in decision making. So do the people we work with. And that means we often don't know everything we really need to know about a situation we're developing a plan for. Today, we're talking about how the things going on inside our heads and the things we have nothing to do with can both have a big effect on the quality and success of our communications plans and how to mitigate the damage that can be caused. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks Podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks Podcast, everyone. So let's talk about what we don't know. There are a whole lot of categories of things we don't know. My personal list includes astrophysics, why it's not legal to hunt squirrels for sport, and the economics of high-end children's clothes. Narrowing it down would be helpful now. We're talking about how the things we don't know relate to our communication strategy after all. That means we're going to be talking about our internal biases and the external factors that can throw us for a loop when we don't stay aware that everything we don't know. This, of course, happens a lot in politics today. We find things that support the way we think and poo-poo facts that support a different opinion. It also happens in parenting. For those of you who are parents, you know what I mean. I remember before I was a parent thinking awful and really judgy things about parents I'd see out and about. Oh, I'd never let my kid throw a temper tantrum in a restaurant. Ha, <laughs> ha. Uh, technology is so bad for them. They won't have phones or tablets. I don't want them to be gender focused and will pre- prevent it. As it turns out, you can't prevent what your children are attracted to. You can try. can't prevent it. Yeah, stuff happens. Of course, I'm attracted to articles and research that shows technology is bad for kids and avoid the ones that say it's actually okay. And there was an article early last week that spoke to that. At the same time, there's absolutely no way to prevent them from using technology. They use it at school. They can't avoid it at home unless you don't use it. And suddenly, all those judgy thoughts you had when you were childless no longer have merit. So let's talk about cognitive biases. These are great. I mean, They're awful when you're not paying attention to them, but they're actually really interesting. A cognitive bias is a systematic deviation from the norm of rationality in judgment. That is to say, cognitive biases are our minds playing tricks on us and convincing us we're right without any good reason. My colleague and friend, crazy Laura Petrolino, wrote about 14 of these suckers a couple of weeks ago on the Spin Sucks blog. So I'm going to share just two of my favorites with you now. Confirmation bias is the first one on my list, and it's when you approach an idea with an idea of the way things are or should be and look for clues and signals that we're right. We want to be right so badly that we overlook contradictory information. Let's say I was planning a social media campaign about squirrels and their crimes against humanity. I'll research different articles, conduct interviews, and prepare the campaign. But because I expect all of the information out there about squirrels to agree with me and that they're miserable beings, (laughs) I'll be likely to completely overlook any facts, evidence, or stories that demonstrate they can be useful or helpful and only pay attention to the data that agrees with me. When it comes to squirrels, I am right, of course. But if you experience confirmation bias about any other topic, 
you might find yourself missing valuable, relevant information. This is a hard bias to overcome, but you want to try to clear your mind of expectations in terms of how people will respond to a topic or idea and rely on data that is, as much as possible, collected objectively. Next on my list is the curse of knowledge. Anyone who's been in their industry for a long time suffers to some degree from the curse of knowledge. You spend so long learning and growing and developing opinions and understandings of the concepts you deal with every day that you forget just how specialized that knowledge is. And that means you tend to assume that other people have the same or similar basic understanding. They don't. And if you talk to them like they do, things tend to go badly or they get bored really easily. The curse of knowledge can wreak havoc on a communications plan when you talk over people's heads. And that goes for your clients, executives, and colleagues, as much as for the broader audience you're communicating with. If you don't know what level of knowledge or understanding the target of your campaign is at, ask them. Ask them directly or ask people who work with them. You want to meet people where they are, not shoehorn them up to where you are. I strongly recommend you check out the rest of the biases. You'll find a link in the show notes. Understanding them is going to make you a much, much better communicator and overall human, to be honest. Even when you have the best possible control over your own internal biases, you still have to be wary of the next element that can blindside you when it comes to your communications plans. And that is the context you're working in. Well, Jenny, you might be thinking, I know what the plan is for. I know who's involved and who it's for and what the goals are and everything involved. How would I be surprised by the context? I hear you. But it's the fact that you think you know so much that's going to trip you up. Often, our examination of the context for a given plan or campaign only includes the information we have easy access to, not everything that actually exists. We make assumptions about what is possible, what is available, and what people are going to think of it. The problem is we're often wrong, and sometimes there's less budget than planned, no one knows how a certain tool or technology works, or a big competitor did exactly the same thing last quarter. And you know what? Actually, the spokesperson we want to use is climbing Kilimanjaro that month, so not available. This reminds me of the time early in the days of my agency. We planned a fire ant funeral at the Fire Ant Festival in Georgia. It's a real thing, the Fire Ant Festival, real thing. Our client was the creator of a new fire ant killer, which if you live in the South, as you know, is a very necessary thing. I hate those little burgers. I'm also very allergic to them. So I'm glad I live in Chicago. So our plan was to host a funeral for a fire ant. Kind of amazing, if I do say so myself. Complete with mourners, a preacher, and a casket. We had every media outlet on the hook, with even Good Morning America set to do a piece. And that morning, President Bush took us to war. So, yeah. Talk about not examining the context appropriately. Had we done that, we would have seen the signs. And while we couldn't have predicted it would happen that very morning, we could have had been prepared, put that context into our plan and had a plan B. We didn't have a plan B. We still did the funeral and it was still amazing. And we ended up sending B-roll out later and it was still covered, but not the same. Always do a context audit with your clients and key team members before starting any big plan or campaign. Use a checklist and make sure you include external implications. Could last week's news that North Korea is sending a message to the White House affect your plans? What about a global depression? Our brains are not reliable, so make sure you have everything you can think of on a checklist. Do a new Google News search and include all of that. 
include every natural disaster that could happen on the day or the days that are important to you. Make sure you have a good understanding of the goals, the people involved, the tools and technology that are relevant, the budget you're working with, and the environment your plan is going to be working in, including all of the external things you can't control. You'll probably never be able to know absolutely everything about a situation going in, but making a point and having a system for getting as much critical information as possible about the timelines, budgets, resources, and audiences you're dealing with means you'll make far fewer mistakes and you can go back to stressing out about confirmation bias and squirrels. That's all for this week, folks. Have you ever been betrayed by a cognitive bias or been absolutely blindsided by information you really should have had at the outset? We would love to hear your stories. You can find us on Facebook by searching Spin Sucks. And if you want to take things to the next level, join the best community of PR professionals on the web in the Spin Sucks community. Check out spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's spinsucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 